Welcome to Crystallizing Conversations. Join your hosts, Jillian Aurelia Green and Iris Unique as we explore the tools, pathways, and possibilities for healing and expansion. Through the warmth of easy conversation, we'll be delving into magic, mental health, and more. This is your time to learn about yourself, each other, and of course, the crystals that support us along the way. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community of your closest spiritual friends. Let's grow together. Hello, friends. Welcome Welcome. to another episode of Crystallizing Conversations. I believe this is our 11th episode. We're really like starting to to rack up the episode numbers, which is, feels very exciting for us. Um, today, we're actually taking a little bit of a detour and we're doing a bit more of a uh, physical focus. I know a lot of our episodes are either really specialized onto crystals or mental and emotional health. And so this today, we're really, we're really diving into um, physical health, specifically hormones. And hormones are one of these like odd nebulous things that like, we all know they exist. We know that they have something to do with like sex and puberty and like all of that, but we don't, when most of us don't actually know what they, what they are, where they come from, what they do and how important they are in the body. Um, and so for this episode, we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce her, Iris? Yes. So we have Heather Fritsch with us and she started her career as a registered nurse back in 1999 and has experience in oncology, emergency services, and as an IV resource nurse and a case nurse manager, as well as a charge nurse. So she has very experience in the health field. In the last seven years, Heather has delved into the world of holistic healing and believes that food is medicine. Love that. Lifestyle medicine has become her passion. In addition to being a registered nurse, she is also a certified Reiki master and is currently completing her training to become a Kundalini yoga instructor. Heather has a deep passion for holistic health through mind, body, and soul. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Heather. Oh, you're welcome. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Well, before yeah. we get we dive into this topic, we wanted to ask, because we like to ask this with all of our guest speakers, do you have a favorite crystal or one that you currently are drawn to? So, yes. So I, I tend to, like, I don't know a lot about crystals. So what I do is I just kind of, I'll go into a store and, and, and grab whatever speaks to me. And that's kind of how I do it on a daily basis. Like, Prior to my meditation, I'll go and just see which one is speaking to me. But I did recently get a new one that I think is really cool. It's the uh, the Lumen Luminaire Quartz. Is that how you Lemurian Quartz? L- yeah, yes. Jillian yes. and I both love Lemurian Quartz. <laughs> I well, cool. I grabbed I grabbed it and then I read what it was. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is cool. So that's kind of been my <laughs> my go to lately. Awesome. I love that. And yeah. honestly, that's how I do it too in the morning. Cause I, every morning I have like a morning ritual where I write, write out my gratitudes and I pull Oracle cards, but I always just go to, I have like my main area where all my personal crystals are. And I just kind of stand in front of them and be like, Hmm, which one, which one's calling today? So yeah. that's totally normal. And then like you um, had mentioned before too, 
I do the same thing. I'll sometimes I'll forget what they do and I'll look up the meaning. Like, why have they really been drawn to this one lately? Let me refresh my mm-hmm. memory. And it's always like a oh, no wonder, right? Scenario. So yeah. yeah, totally makes sense. And for those of you who don't know, Lemurian courses is a very interesting formation of of quartz that's only found from a few different localities. And it's really defined by these beautiful ridges along the side. A lot of people will call them barcodes. Um, and the mythology behind it is it's said to those barcodes are, are encoded information from the ancient slash mythological civilization of Lemuria, which is like the counterpart to Atlantis. Um, so it's, it's a very interesting stone because there's a lot of downloadable embodied information. And while they used to be really, really rare, it was hard to find Lemurians. All of a sudden we're starting to find them like cropping up all around the world in different places, which I think is fascinating. Um, before they really used to only be found in like Brazil and Colombia, And now we're finding them in Arkansas and Tibet and like all of these other places. It, it's, it, I think it's so interesting that they're becoming more common. I think as we're evolving, we're able to access more and more of this information. So I think that is an amazing crystal to be resonating with right now. That's awesome. <laughs> and they yeah. pop, they're, they're kind of like when I, I mean, I'm not a crystal expert at all, but when, when people find them, they're kind of like just kind of popping out of the earth, aren't they? Is that how it works? A lot of, originally. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now they're finding a lot of clusters, which again, I think is really interesting, right? More of a collective feel yeah. versus the mm-hmm. individual. But when they first were discovered, yeah, they were just like random points, just like hanging out in, in the earth that you could just like pick up. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I love that. So cool. <laughs> so um, we introduced in your bio that you were originally a registered nurse. Um, and then we were wondering what drew you away from that and from traditional Western medicine and what's your focus now? My journey really started because of, um, my, the hormonal shifts I was having in my body. Um, I, I mean, I did leave the hot, I did leave the work field, um, after having children to be a stay at home mom. Um, so I did have a few years where I was, I wasn't working at all, but, but when the shift really happened was when I was 39 and started having, um, this just a horrible experience and I had no idea what was happening to me. And I have not ever been, um, versed in the world of holistic medicine. And I mean, it's coming together now, but generally speaking, Western medicine, at least from what I was exposed to really kind of viewed it as snake oil and that it's not studied and, you know, everything has to have a scientific study to it, right? Which for it to be legitimate. So anyway, I, um, I had just started having horrible symptoms. I became like randomly, um, really anxious and depressed, but I was having what I didn't know at the time were hot flashes. And like, you know about hot flashes, but you don't, you, I just thought like you get hot or sweaty. What was happening to me, it was almost like this intense niacin flush or something where I would get, it would always start in my head. And it was Mm -hmm. like this burning pain that not pain, burning heat that kind of traveled through my body. And then like 
stayed in my ears, like my ears would be burning. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a typical thing that you would think of as like a hot flash. Like it was, it was kind of a burning, tingling pain. Um, and then I would get really sweaty and kind of panic because I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, so like that, along with all of a sudden I wasn't sleeping and I was having brain, I mean, my whole life got just turned upside down and I had no idea what was wrong with me. So I ended up, you know, going to doctors for, it was a six month process of going to my OB, going to a psychiatrist, going to my, my GP, going to a, uh, like an autoimmune specialist at one point, because, um, I was actually having kind of like this crawly sensation on my skin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They were thinking that I had, um, maybe like in like something neurological, like MS or I was like, Oh my God. So, and, and of course, you know, when they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, they said I was just anxious. And then that I, <laughs> that I should, silly woman. yeah, silly woman. I should be, <laughs> you know, would you like to try an SSRI, which I, I'm not against, or I would never shame anybody for taking that. But, um, but it was definitely, no one was getting to the root cause of, of what was happening to me. Um, so it wasn't until I, I think I was just like talking about it and someone said, well, have you gone to a naturopath? And I was like, oh, no, you know, and, and reasonably speaking, they are, you know, it is out of an out of pocket expense too. Unless you're in Oregon. Oh, really? Oregon or oh, naturopaths in Oregon are considered like on the same level as doctors. They're, they're, oh, that's awesome. they're billed as doctors. I did not yes. know this. Mm -hmm. It's happening. I am just one of the, so one of the happy great things right about Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> I love Yay. it. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I ended up in a naturopath's office and they, you know, listened to me and, and they did, this is the problem with Western medicine is I don't, I, I have a great respect for Western medicine. I think there's a place for it, but it's kind of like, you know, back in the day where our, you know, our parents' generation or our grandparents' generation you listened to your doctor and you listened to your priest or your pastor or whoever it was. You just didn't question. It was, they were all knowing. And that's kind of the same, kind of the same culture with Western medicine. They still feel like they have that authority. It's changing and not every doctor feels that way. So yeah, so you, you were a nurse, you were, you were heavily involved within, within the, the scope of Western medicine. Yeah. This, this, you know, you start having all these symptoms, all of a sudden the, the world in which that was literally your profession was no longer listening to you. Yeah. Um, and so you finally saw a naturopath and what I finally saw a naturopath. So basically Western medicine does, they're really good at diagnosing, but as far as like the whole continuum of, of wellness and health, that's, there's so much more to it. And the labs that doctors typically order are very superficial. They're not going to tell, they're going to tell you if you have a disease, they're not going to tell you if you're developing a disease. And I see that a lot, especially with, um, cholesterol, the labs that they draw for cholesterol and thyroid, um, mm -hmm. oftentimes with like prediabetes is not being addressed. Having said that, so I finally went to the naturopath and they did a huge panel on me and saw that a lot of my labs were really out of whack. And, um, 
especially my hormones. My, if I remember correctly, my, my progesterone was extremely low along with my testosterone. Um, so basically what they did is I ended up, um, taking some supplements and progesterone and a progesterone cream. And it, it changed, it completely changed my life. Like all of my symptoms completely went away. And what was interesting too, was I had had horrible, I've always had horrible periods. So really, really, really heavy, um, really bad cramps, horrible PMS that changed as well. And that had been a problem for me since I basically started menstruating. So it really got me thinking like, wow, I not only have, am experiencing hormonal changes now, but there were some issues with me early on that were never addressed. I, I think they gave me birth control pills at age like 14 to address that. Um, but what this whole process did for me was um, really woke me up to how everything is connected and because I started going, oh my gosh, okay, so as you research hormones, hormones are all so interconnected um, that you start going down this rabbit hole of like your diet and your sleep and how all of this is affect- affecting um, everything. And so that's what kind of led me down this holistic healing path of researching uh, how, how everything's connected really, because especially hormones, hormones, it, it's like, it, it, it kind of, it's the homeostasis of our entire body. And when one thing is off, it throws everything off. So you can have like poor sleep, um, drinking too much alcohol, uh, poor gut health. Uh, and it's all the why to that. And if one thing is off, it all goes off. It all gets out of whack. And it's fascinating. It is. And I think Mm -hmm. too, that's, I feel like that's a recurring theme here that every guest we interview, they are a specialist in their field of expertise because they were self-advocates for themselves in that regard and going Mm -hmm. down the path of researching the whys and why do I feel like this? And then realizing like, Hey, this, this is something that I'm not just going through. This is something probably thousands of other people are going through and they realize that and start to help others. So I think that's amazing that you, that you decided to not only realize and help yourself, but to go ahead and then turn in turn, help others in that regard. Um, before we get too delved into, um, the topic, I wanted to ask, I know it seems a little, um, rudimentary, but what exactly are hormones? And what is their role that they play in the body? I know you said that they're kind of all interconnected and, you know, they affect our sleep, but can we dive a little bit and just to exactly explain what hormones are? Yeah. So especially because Western medicine seems to like ignore it completely, (laughs) unless it's affecting, unless it's affecting your libido, they're just ignoring it. They completely ignore it. And I, I mean, to their defense a little bit, it's so complicated that that's not their specialty. What needs to really, in my opinion, what needs to happen is there needs to be a, a, a union, a marriage of Eastern and Western medicine to where we can come together and have someone be able to say, okay, I, this is not my specialty. 
and refer them out to a naturopath, which sounds like it's happening in Oregon, which is amazing. So yes, so hormones are chemical messengers, basically, in your body that are produced um, primarily by endocrine tissue. And it's it basically is a system that keeps your entire system in like a, in homeostasis. So if you think of it like little, um, messengers that are traveling through your body that there are, you know, okay, let's go, um, Heather's estrogen is low. Let's go talk to, you know, this part of her body. And so, so this will happen and that will happen. And it's just this, this beautiful dance between, um, between all the hormones and, and they're very, they're vital. You can't live without them. They're responsible for metabolism, for growth, for reproduction, um, pr- pretty much your life function, hormones, and mood, obviously. Say, <laughs> like yeah. Mood is a big one. <laughs> Who you are. So when it comes to your patients and clients, what are you, is there like a recurring theme? Because you mainly work with women, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there like a recurring theme that you see people for that you notice is like a, a constant that they're coming to see you for? Absolutely. So I, um, primarily see women, um, generally in their late thirties, early forties, sometimes in their, the uh, fifth generation. Um, and it's a common theme. They all of a sudden are gaining weight. That's always usually the number one complaint, tired, anxious, depressed, not sleeping. Um, and no one's telling them why they're completely like, Oh my God, can you help me? I'm gaining weight and I I don't know what to do. I've been eating this way my whole life. And all of a sudden I can't sleep and I can't think. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having panic attacks and, and I, I, I lose words. I can't even speak anymore. The thing that's so, um, frustrating for me is this can happen that your body starts changing around 35 and you can start getting symptoms of perimenopause at that age. And I started at 39. So when I went to see my doctor, they didn't acknowledge that as they're like, Oh, you're 39. You're not in menopause yet. But then the more research I did, I realized that your body starts priming for menopause potentially in your mid thirties and the symptoms that you have generally speaking, um, of perimenopause or of menopause are usually the worst when you, when you have that like initiation of change. So for me, that happened at age 39 and it's, I mean, I, it, I cannot tell you how many people I have talked to that, that are going through the same thing at around that age, like early forties. And they're just being dismissed. Yeah. And look, it's, it's so unique to every individual, every woman. Everybody experiences this differently at different ages. Some people might not experience anything. Some people, I mean, some people, some women completely sometimes lose their mind. So it's very unique to the individual. So, one of the, so some of the symptoms would include gaining weight, yeah. lack of sleep, Mm-hmm. rain fog. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like everyone on this planet has this right now. 
<laughs> yes, but okay. it gets worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what hormones, when, when it comes to that, just I'm kind of curious what hormones are attributed to those types of symptoms. Is it a lack in certain hormones, an overproduction of certain hormones, a combination of both? I'm just a little bit curious on so this what's, what, what's causing that. This is what makes it complicated because um, hormones all kind of, da- they do a dance together. So, and, and it fluctuates throughout the day, throughout day to day. So it's, it's really hard to know exact, exactly. And this is why a lot of doctors don't want to deal with it. Um, it's hard to know exactly what's happening in your body. Cause you might have a test at, you know, on day 14 of your cycle. Um, but if your periods are, if your cycle is kind of irregular, it might not necessarily exactly reflect what you might, it might not be the best diagnostic tool. That's why you have to work with a practitioner that is really well versed in it and is going to keep following you to kind of get to the root cause of the problem. But, um, having said that, generally speaking, the first hormone that usually starts to, to lower is progesterone. And if you think of progesterone as like the calming hormone, it's the hormone that, um, keeps you in your right mind. It's the hormone that, um, allows you to relax and sleep. And it's, it's just, it's the happy, it's the, it's the quiet one. It also is like a happy, a happy hormone. I'm like, Like, is it in pill form or? Yes, it's in pill form. (laughs) And so, and creams and creams. Yeah. And what happens, that's what causes, usually causes PMS is when it's the sudden drop of progesterone towards the end of your cycle. All of a sudden, it's like, ugh. So, um, but progesterone and estrogen do this dance together. So when progesterone starts to decrease, the estrogen starts freaking out. And the whole, that's when the whole body start, kind of starts freaking out. And that's when you get what's called estrogen dominance. So it's, it's not that you necessarily have too much estrogen, but you don't have the right balance of progesterone and estrogen. So you're going to also have, start having symptoms of excess estrogen. So estrogen is, they kind of do the opposite. Like progesterone is a natural diuretic. Estrogen causes water retention. Um, progesterone kind of thins the lining of the uterus and allows for menstruation. Estrogen is, is more of like, I call it like the tissue builder. So that's what that's where you get breasts. Make, make the nest for the baby. Yes. Um, too much Prepare for baby. Too much estrogen is related to um, endometriosis, where thing or breast cancer, where you you get um, you know you, you're developing tissue, breast tissue, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes it assists with cancerous breast tissue. So um, so that's that's basically what happens during perimenopause. Progesterone drops. And things start just kind of going out of whack. And, and what happens too, is it can just, it can go crazy like a roller coaster. So, but again, this is different for every woman. Interesting. And does that, I know just because I'm curious and you said they're opposites. So if progesterone is more of a calming, does that make estrogen more of like the fight or flight type feeling? No. Like the stress feeling or no? No, not necessarily. It's just, um, it's more of like the balance of it. 
Oh, got it. Yeah. Because estrogen too, once, I mean, once you, when you get late in the, in the phase of menopause, your, your estrogen is what starts to tank. And the way I describe that is estrogen is what makes us womanly. So that's what, when we start to have, or, or vital, I should say, that's when like our, we start aging. Estrogen is, um, has a place with collagen production and skin hydration and vaginal lubrication, libido, um, vaginal tone, all of that. So that's when we kind of start heading south, I guess you would say. Interesting. When the yeah. estrogen lowers. When the estrogen lowers, yeah. And that usually doesn't happen like a, until later. Okay. Like your 40s or 50s. Date, I feel like. And that's just between these two that we're talking about. I mean, yes. I'm sure there's a lot more hormones in our body. I can't, you could spend the rest of your life researching hormones. It is, it's fascinating. And that's what the, that's what the cool thing about it is, is it is, it is all connected. And that's actually how I got like started on my spiritual journey was realizing how connected this is. And then how do you fix this hormonal imbalance? And just realizing that everything is connected from the, from the microbes in the soil, you know, to the Mm -hmm. creating the healthy food that we eat, that gives us the nutrients to feed the bacteria in our gut that helps with the estrogen production. And it's just, it's crazy. It's so cool. Let 100%. I've actually been, um, kind of diving into that a little bit more recently. So I'm so grateful to have you on to just like pick your brain. And what about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) we're talking about these different imbalances. Um, Can you explain different things that affect? Because not only age, obviously age is something, as you're saying, as we age, it can affect these hormones in different ways, what causing imbalances. But besides that, are there things that we can be, that are affecting our hormones because of actions we're taking? Yes, yeah. And Can before, into that? before I get into that, I want to mention cortisol because cortisol oh, yeah. is a, it's not necessarily like a perimenopausal hormone, but cortisol is a huge, it's probably one of the most important hormones that we have in our body or the, the most prominent ones. And it's a big problem. It's a big problem that is affecting all of us in this day and age because cortisol, what that is, is their big stress hormone. And it's related to our nervous system or, you know, we've all heard about the vagus nerve and the sympathetic nervous system and all of that. And cortisol is great. There's a purpose for it. But unfortunately, in our generation with phones and all the stimulation that we have and here and there and doing this and that and that, our sympathetic nervous system is always turned on. Always. And And that's the fight or flight stress side. Yes. And cortisol is responsible for a lot of, for a lot of hormone regulation as well. A lot of what, what I do to kind of try to regulate my hormones is to decrease my cortisol levels. And so then, so we'll segue into what, what you can do to help or what affects the, the hormones. One is, um, sleep. Sleep is huge. Lack of sleep, it, one, it increases cortisol levels. So increased cortisol levels decreases progesterone. Um, the other thing, too, is um, gut health. 
I'm sure you guys are all pretty well versed in gut health, but so much of the uh, hormone production happens in the gut. And when we're eating bad foods, like um, you guys have heard of glyphosate. No, I haven't. Okay. It's like Monsanto. It's like the stuff they spray on, on plants so that they don't have bugs. Oh, but okay. it ends up affecting our, the plant. Yeah. So basically when we're eating in our toxic environment, a lot of what we put into our body is altering our gut health. And it, and again, see, this is when I start going crazy in my head because there's so many ways that this goes. But for instance, like when we don't have a proper gut function, we're not having one, we're not absorbing the nutrients that we need for our body to properly function mm-hmm. Two, we're creating inflammation, which can cause other issues like, um, Hashimoto's or autoimmune disease, which is a, you know, uh, the thyroid autoimmune problem. Um, we aren't producing 90% of the serotonin that we make is produced in our gut. And then this is, this gets crazy too. Cause like, okay, so serotonin is a precursor for melatonin. If our serotonin isn't working well, then our melatonin, we don't have the right melatonin levels and then we're not sleeping. Sleep, mm. lack of sleep causes a de- or increase in cortisol, which also causes gut problems. So it's like this, it just keeps going and going feedback and going loop, this yeah. feedback loop. I always start with, um, do you, like one of the best things you can do is to, this sounds silly, but start a meditation practice. Meditation, it has been proven now. Like there's no doctors are even arguing this anymore. It causes so many, it, it is so beneficial for your body. And one of the reasons that is because it decreases cortisol, which will in turn decrease blood pressure, decrease, um, you know, blood sugar, it, and then, and then you get all these other effects from even just those two things happening. But yeah, do you guys meditate? I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. I do in, in my own form. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Well, I mean, because meditation looks different for everybody. You know, like yeah. some people like walking through the forest. Yeah. They're, they're you know, right. they have a walking meditation, yeah. right? There's, there's no one way to meditate, but I know it's that being in that, that, mind space that head space where you're really in present moment where you can let go of this like you let go of the stress for a moment the stress and all the thoughts like clearing clearing all the racing thoughts yes and allowing for me it's i would say nature walks or gazing into crystals in the sunshine to just kind (laughs) of any anything yeah yeah that's so important like anything you can do to to be in the moment because when we're not in the moment, we're either thinking, we're either usually stressing about something in the past or worrying about the future. And those two things, what do you think that's going to do? It causes stress and it causes your cortisol levels to rise. So re- really regulating your cortisol levels is, is so big, I feel like, for um for hormone, for hormone regulation for women. So I say meditation practice, sleep is really important. And I know people are going to hate this, but alcohol and don't get, I'm, I love my wine, but it is, it is probably one of the worst things you can do to mess up your, your hormones. hormones. And they're even finding like, so alcohol will raise your cortisol levels. So what happens? I mean, you guys probably have experienced this. If you drink it all, 
you have some, you know, a couple glasses of wine at night or whatever, and you get sleeping, you are tired and go to bed and it helps you get to sleep. But then all of a sudden you wake up at like three in the morning, kind of like anxious and your heart's pounding or so what happens because alcohol is an anesthetic, it calms everything down, but then your adrenals go, wait a second, what's going on? Heather's like way too sedated. So you start producing cortisol and then you have this like flood of, of stress hormones. And then when the alcohol wears off, you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh. And they asked, they, there was a study that found that your your cortisol levels are messed up for like two weeks after drinking. So people that are chronically drinking, even just that couple glasses of wine every night are really screwing up their cortisol levels. I, uh, I listened to this study that they did about, um, they called it chronic drinkers, but how he defined it was chronic could just mean, I think he defined it as five to six glasses per week. So whether you're having one per night, like a glass of wine or just, you know, one day or just the weekend, if it adds up to, I could be wrong on the number, but it was a, a very small number considering, uh, I guess, 80% of adults in the entire world drink alcohol. Yeah. And so he explained, not only does it affect your gut health, which you have explained that gut is the gut is where a lot of our hormones are produced, especially our serotonin. So it's essentially like killing off, putting out of whack our hormones when you chronically drink. So you are having a glass of wine per night or only on the weekends. It eventually rewires your brain. They have a study they did on this to where the only time you are relaxed is when you drink. So that's why a lot of people have that saying of like, oh, I just feel like I need a glass of wine or I just need one drink just to like cool off my day. It's essentially your, your body starts to be in that fight or flight mode all the time, unless you have that drink. So he talks about just doing a detox for like three months to kind of rewire your brain to be where it should be at. But mm-hmm. alcohol, you are completely correct. And don't get me wrong. Love my morning brunch mimosas, love margaritas. Yeah. But when it comes to your mental health and it's like, do you want to be in this fight or flight mode 24 seven, unless you're drinking, or do you want to have a more restful sleep and just feel more better? Just happier. Yeah. Yeah. It's so unfortunate too. Cause I, I feel like with, um, with generations, women at like, especially like stay at home moms or at home, at home moms there, they've always self-medicated. It used to be, you know, um, what, like, what were those, the, what they call them? Ludes or I don't remember, but some type of downer like Valium or something. Quaaludes. Yes. And I really noticed that now it's wine, mommy juice, wine Wednesday, um, which is fine, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I know a lot of people that really put them back and no judgment at all. I, I totally understand, but the reality of it is, is just not good for you at all. It's really a poison. And on top of that, so And that's the thing too, like most women come to me because they're gaining weight. You're not going to lose weight until you stop drinking. It's just not going to happen. A couple things that happen. All the listeners are like, no, no, no. (laughs) I mean, I shouldn't say that. It can happen, but it's going to be really difficult unless you stop drinking. It's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. It messes with your sleep. You're working hard to eat a healthy diet and go to the gym, but then you're counter 
production of the alcohol is just going to kind of almost negate. Yeah. Not completely, but. Well, it, yeah, it increases cortisol, which increases blood sugar, which is going to add to the belly fat. Cortisol equals belly fat. It, um, decrease, it kills, it kind of irritates the lining of your gut. So you're going to have like, um, you, that a cause of leaky gut, which you're not going to have the nutrients to help, you know, to make your metabolism vital. It's going to, it kills off your microbiome. So you have issues with that. I mean, your microbiome is really important with metabolism as well. Um, I mean, I could keep going on. It all, it affects your skin too. Liver. Um, basically you have your, um, in each of your pores, there's a natural flora of bacteria. Yes. And when you drink, because it's lowering your immune system, you end up, it allows that bacteria to flourish. And then you end up with pimples. Yeah. Yes. Bigger pores. Yes. And it just affects everything. In it affects, body. it affects everything. And then I, I forgot to mention the liver. Like everybody knows it affects the liver. (laughs) So what happens too is when you drink, your liver, you know, says, oh my gosh, what is that? Because it's super liver toxic, right? And then it it puts all of its other jobs aside and just works to to, um, metabolize the alcohol. So you're not detoxifying like you should be. And then what happens when you don't detoxify? You start building up toxins in your body, which gets stored in fat cells, which, I mean, it's, yeah, anyway. Don't get me wrong, though. I am not saying do not drink. I'm just saying if you do, <laughs> this is what happens. Well, I mean, and, and that's, you know, I'm going to like pause, we're gonna pause, that, pause, yeah. that, pause that rant for a little while. But but I think that's like, it's just, it's good information to have, right? Like. You know, because we we talked about it a little bit, but I think one of the other big things, you know, in our pre meeting you talked about is um, one of the, the most important things is 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 eating well, right? Mm-hmm. Avoiding the av- avoiding the Monsantos, like really making sure if it's possible. And I know that there's a lot of privilege associated with this, but if it's possible to eat foods that are organic, that haven't had pesticides, that can actually, that are not GMO and that can actually be easily broken down by your body. Um, but that's not always possible, Yeah, you know? And so I think that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's really being aware also of, of the choices that we do have and knowing that like, of course, every choice we have is going to affect our bodies. Everything we put into our body or on our body is going to affect our hormones, is going to affect the way that our body functions. And so it's not saying like, never drink ever. Like I will also occasionally go to brunch and have a mimosa, but it's, but it's being aware of like, all right, I'm making this choice because this is the thing, like I want to socialize and this is the, what I want to do for today. But it's being aware, like if this is something you're doing often, like it is going to have an effect, right? So it's not like we're not here to like shame people, but it's just reminding like everything you put in your body is going to affect you. And that includes alcohol, that includes the food, that includes perfumes, that includes cosmetics, that includes everything, Mm -hmm. which can feel very, very overwhelming, right? And I know not everyone identifies as as a woman, but as female-bodied people, those of us who who are female body listening, um, our hormones are, are shifting and changing and dancing, right? Every single month, as opposed to men whose hormones tend to be a lot more stable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think for us, it tends to be a, a lot more complex and especially because 
We're told to put things on our faces. We're supposed to wear makeup all the time. We have to wear perfume or we'll be smelly. Like we, we get a lot of conditioning of all the things that we're supposed to do. And a lot of it maybe isn't actually good for most of it probably actually isn't good for us both mentally or or physically and so it's just being aware so that's really what this episode is about is like bringing awareness um and hopefully not inducing overwhelm that, that, so that's the, that's the caveat right <laughs> um, that's the thing it's like all this information it could be you know counterproductive sometimes like right. you have to you have to also live and because if you're going to stress yes. out all the time, th- again, there go your, goes your cortisol levels, right? Right. And like finding joy in things yes. is important. So if like yes. having that mimosa with your friends is going to make you feel absolutely like delighted and delicious and like have the mimosa, have the mimosa. it's fine. Just maybe don't have like mimosas every day, right? all day. So, so I'm like gonna... eating, right? It's like eat healthy, but splurge every once in a while, have some pizza or whatever you feel called to. Like you don't have to be this rigid. You are a human. You are allowed to experience life. Enjoy. Yes. (laughs) Just being aware of how it does affect your hormones. And I, you know, our, the generations before us didn't have this problem. It is so difficult for women, uh, nowadays because they didn't have, it's like all those, um, all the chemicals that are generally regarded as safe, like from the FDA or whatever, and they may cause this or may cause that. (laughs) Yeah. If our bodies are healthy and, um, in a, in a healthy state and we're, we're exposed to that chemical just a little bit. No, it's not going to do anything. But the problem nowadays is there's so much, I mean, there's even plastic in our fish now, you know, there's so much that we're exposed to that our bodies are just overwhelmed in every possible way. So that's like, that's why I always say, bring it back to meditation. You want to stop that overwhelm and, and kind of just become embodied. That's the cool thing I think that's happening right now, though. And that's the other thing that is really exciting me is I'm going to take this to a more spiritual place, but, um, as hard as menopause can be for a lot of women, um, what happens what I'm seeing happen is most people don't have to worry about what they eat. Right. Or, or, or I shouldn't say when you're young, you don't have to worry about what you eat and what you're doing and you're not conscious of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get older, 40, 50 or whatever, and you start noticing changes in your body, like what happened to me. And you start looking inward and start kind of becoming embodied. And I'm seeing a lot of women who have been living in their head, living in their masculine energy, um, kind of start to go inward and, and be like, okay, what's, what's happening to me? And we can do this. Like this happens for puberty in puberty too. But as a, as a woman in her forties or fifties who has the, the, you know, the, all the life experiences who starts to go inward, you see that the awakenings happening and, and the, the feminine energy that is starting to really, um, embody a lot of women, which is exciting to see. It's like a real powerful thing. I feel like. Definitely. Um, when it comes to what, cause we've talked about what hormones are, 
how they affect us, the different ways that affects hormones. But as a listener, and maybe it's different for different age groups, um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, 20s versus teens versus 30s, 40s. Um, but what would you recommend that people look out for to be able to like notice, oh, maybe it's my hormones that are out of whack. Maybe maybe I should be looking into this. What are some symptoms that people will have? I know we mentioned lack of not being able to sleep, um, brain fog. Yeah. <laughs> but what are some of the other symptoms that that present when there is a hormone imbalance? Well, I think when you're younger, it mostly has to do with your period. So um, what's your PMS like? Are you Do you have PMS? Um, how are you having a lot of cramping? How, how is the bleeding? Things like that. Um, as you get, cause you really shouldn't have horrible periods. It's not normal. Like I laugh because I had so many doctors tell me that, that was normal. No, no, you should not be. I mean, and I, uh, looking back, I had, I had awful periods too, that I had mentioned got fixed with, um, progesterone. So I think, wow, okay, wait, did I have a, hormonal imbalance back when I was 14, that could have been helped with just a little bit of progesterone. Um, so that is when you're younger, I feel like it's that as you get older, kind of everything I had mentioned worth you notice, basically you just notice things changing and you're, it's, you know, the mood insomnia, um, your periods can become irregular. Typically speaking, when you start going through those change, um, the periods actually start to get a little bit shorter before you start losing, like skipping missing periods. Um, I would say, I mean, mood is a big one. I say anytime anybody suffers with anxiety or depression, check your hormones first, check your thyroid too. You know, we're talking a lot about estrogen and progesterone, but thyroid's a big one for women as well. And unfortunately, that's another one that also sometimes gets affected with um, perimenopause. The other thing I want to mention about thyroid is a lot of women will experience like, so the symptoms of a low thyroid is generally um, weight gain, all kind of everything that we're, we're already talking about, weight gain. Um, you know, skin changes, hair loss, um, sleepiness, like kind of lethargy, uh, depression, but with anxiety as well. And what a lot of doctors don't do is they don't test for the Hashimoto's antibody. And the reason they don't is because they don't typically treat it. I mean, you either have the Hashimoto's antibody or you don't. But when I I, so I had been, I had had a low thyroid and it wasn't until I went to my naturopath that they um, said, oh, well, you have Hashimoto's. You can, there's dietary tweaks and supplements and stuff you can take to help this. And that has actually really helped me as well is changing my diet according to um, what's good for my thyroid. So, and too, a lot of times with thyroid, you can have, like, there's a range, right? And you might be in the normal range, but you might be just like right on the cusp of, you know, your TSH could be normal, but it's just right at the edge. And then you look at your thyroid hormones, they're normal, but they're right at the edge. But, but like for me that happens and I'm symptomatic. So that's another thing to be aware of because 
generally speaking, and I don't want to put down Western medicine, they don't look at that. They just look at the numbers. They don't really look at your symptoms um, and think, oh, okay, well, wait a second. Maybe she's got, so she's got these, you know, antibodies that are attacking her thyroid and now her, it's just kind of sluggish, but she's got all the symptoms. It's probably, you know, her thyroid is slow, um, which is what happened to me. And a lot of women don't, don't know that they go to their doctor cause they're, they're gaining weight and the doctor says they're fine, but, but they're not, their thyroid is on the cusp of becoming problematic. What do you recommend for people that are listening? Say they realize like, Oh, I, I'm resonating with these symptoms. Like I have the brain fog. I have difficulty sleeping. I have painful periods. I have depression, anxiety, all these things. Where do they go? Where do you recommend they go? Or is there tests they can order online? How do they go about finding out? Because we've talked about Western medicine and how it's really hard. We have to advocate for our own health. And it's really hard to find doctors that will actually take the time to really find out what's going on hormonal wise, where do you recommend that they go to find out this information about themselves? A naturopath. Okay. Yeah. There, I mean, there are things I, like we, like I talked about, like diet, diet's a huge thing. Like if, before you go, if you're kind of on the fence, I would recommend changing your diet. So like an, uh, anti-inflammatory low glycemic index, nutrient dense, healthy fats, low sugar. Um, I always like to say, try to get your, most of your carbohydrates from just a really healthy source, like fruits, vegetables, legumes. Um, if you eat meat, just make sure that you're eating like clean meats, wild caught fish, but mostly, mostly I would say cut down the inflammatory foods and eat, uh, just really nutrient dense foods. The problem too nowadays is our, our, the, the strawberry that is grown today is not as nutrient dense as a strawberry that was grown 50 years ago. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I come in where, where people are coming to me for like vitamins and injections and supplements and whatnot, because it's, it's a lot harder for us to get those nutrients from food sources. Now, not only is the soil depleted, but most of us, if we eat anything within the standard American diet, even when we go out to eat, because most of the time, you know, we're eating, most restaurants aren't cooking with like avocado oil or, you know, it's, it's the high inflammatory oils that they're cooking with. So all of us are exposed to this, which is causing some level of inflammation and usually um, gut problems. So we're just, most of us walking around are pretty, are, are depleted. Um, So I, so I think an awareness with that is critical. Um, I'm going to go back to sleep, uh, exercise, all, all those things we already know. If you've done all that and you're still feeling really crappy, then I would suggest, I always say, I, I think it's important to go to your primary doctor, but if you're not getting what you need from them and, it, and they're just dismissing you and saying that you're just anxious or depressed, then I would go to a naturopath and, and they're more interested in getting to the root cause. What is, what is it out of this whole big system that is out of whack? And it's, I think that's it. Oh, go ahead. And it's hard to find. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And the thing too, is that 
um, it's, it changes. It's not like with a doctor, you go, you have high blood pressure, you get a pill for it or whatever. This is constantly changing. So if you do find that you can control your depression with diet, life happens, right? So next month you, maybe someone, you know, dies and, and you're not sleeping and you're not eating as well. And then all of a sudden your depression comes back. So it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a, it's a constant thing that you usually are having to work, work out. And that's why I don't like to just, I don't like to ever shame anybody for doing something like taking an antidepressant because sometimes it just, it's kind of like, I explain it like my uncle, he, um, and forgive me, Marty, if I'm getting this wrong, but, uh, he is a uh, epileptic and he, I think he hates having to be on medication every day. And I believe he had tried at one point to, to, um, to control it holistically, which is great. And you can do that. But the problem is, is I think like he didn't sleep well one night or whatever. And then he got in his car. I believe he was driving and had a seizure. So it depends on what the, the outcome can be. So a lot of people that have depression, it's, it's fine if you're, when you do, if it does come back, if it's manageable, but some people fall into this really scary space of, of, um, where they need a medication. So basically saying that they need support, they need support than self-regulation can do. Yes. So what I'm trying to say is I don't want to shame anybody for going for, being tired basically and, and needing something like that. But there is a lot we can do on our own or with the help of, of a naturopath. Yeah. I just, I think this episode was more bringing awareness to the natural ways that we can help ourselves without having to go to the doctor. So if you're realizing, you know what, like, I know I should quote unquote, eat healthy. I've realized lately I've been going out to eat, going, driving through the fast food and I feel tired. I feel sad and depressed. I'm literally speaking from experience here because this is what I love. Chick-fil-A. Ugh, I can't get enough Chick-fil-A. Every time I no, eat it, it's it. like, I am tired the rest of the day. I'm literally depressed for a few days. So it's bringing awareness to what am I doing? Because we are our own advocates. So bringing awareness to what can cause. So for me, I, I know that if I'm eating out of whack, then it's going to affect my mood. Exercise. Exercise is also so important. And it doesn't need, mean that you need to be going to a yoga studio or need to be going to the gym. Literally going for a walk in nature will help your balance your hormones. Move, yeah. Yes. Just movement. Move. Um, so just bringing awareness to, if you are having these symptoms, these are the ways that you can make changes in order so, so that you can get a better sleep. So you don't feel as depressed. So, and then as you brought up Heather, like sometimes we're doing all the things we are, you know, we are working out, you know, whatever, however that may look for you. We are making sure that we're eating a well-balanced meal at home. You know, I'm cooking my own, you know, chicken with vegetables and doing all the things, yet I still don't feel right. I still don't feel happy or however it feels that feels out of alignment for you, then go to your doctor. And then if your doctor, I know Jillian's been through this as well as you, Heather, where you are trying to get the help and your doctor isn't supplying that for you, Keep trying. Don't give up. Then seek holistic help. 
So yeah. this, this episode is really just trying to empower you to help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think empower, you know, I feel like there are moments of overwhelm perhaps in this episode, but really I think what we want to stress is, is the empowerment that there are a lot of things within your power that you can naturally do to help balance your own hormones and therefore, you know, have the happy, healthy life that you want. Um, and, and like Iris said, if, if that's still not working, then like, then that's when you can go get help. Like we are collective beings. We're meant to support and help each other. And, you know, for my story, I, I probably mentioned, I think I mentioned on this episode, but on this, on this podcast, but I, I literally just went through this process where, which was hormones. I actually am meeting with my naturopath literally in three hours to talk about a hormone test that I just, I just took. Oh my gosh. I kind kind of wish we'd had this episode afterwards. I could talk more about it, but timing. Um, but so the, the test that I, that I took is called, is called a Dutch test and it's reveals a lot about like your, your hormone levels, um, throughout your, throughout your cycle. And anyways, I'm excited to find out what I, what, what happens with that. But, but the point is the reason that I'm doing this test. So I, I have had extremely painful periods since, oh my God. I mean, like what, for 15 years, I mean like a very long time, basically since college and I'm in my mid thirties now. So a very long time. Um, and that was one of my very first symptoms of endometriosis. I didn't know that I had it. I just had very painful periods. And every time I brought it up to, and I think I had three different gynecologists throughout my life. They've all been female. I brought it up to literally every single one of them. And every single one of them says, well, that's, yeah, that's just how it is for some people. If it's really bad, you can go on birth control, but like, I'm gay. I don't, I really don't need birth control like that. I really don't want to like put more hormones. Like I've got enough issues with my body. I I really don't want to add more to that. So I've always refused that option, but they were just like, well, then that's normal. Like that's what it is for some people. And, and then I'd say within the last really 10 years, I started having more symptoms and more symptoms and more symptoms. And every single time they were dismissed. And it wasn't until I read this random blog post from like, thinks period underwear about endo. And I realized, oh, I literally have every one of these symptoms. Maybe I have endo. (laughs) And I brought it to my naturopath. And I I mean, at this point I had cramps literally the entire month, but during my actual period, I was on the floor screaming, but I felt like I had cramps the entirety of the month. I had pelvic pain literally every single day that's not normal. (laughs) And the fact that people are like, no, that's normal is insane. And so it wasn't until I brought it to my naturopath that she was like, yeah, that's something's going on. We need to figure out what's happening in your body. And she was like, okay, so let's get a pelvic scan. So I did ultrasounds. And even then when we got back, because, you know, typically they don't give you the actual scan. They just give you like an interpretation of your scan. So even the interpretation of the scan was like, it looks like you may have an endometriomal cyst in your right ovary, but it's small. You're fine. You don't really need anything. Maybe you should think about birth control. Like even, even after the scan, they were still saying, 
it's fine. This is normal. But I was in pain. I had literally all of these symptoms that could not be explained by anything. And it was a fact. I mean, like I had digestional issues. I mean, it was the, this entire gamut. And my naturopath read the interpretation of the scan and was like, yeah, that's bullshit. And we're going to get you to an endometriomas. Like we're going to get you to a specialist. So she referred me to a specialist and I went in and I explained all my symptoms. And he was like, yeah, it sounds like you have endo. Let's do another scan. And he actually knowing what he was looking for, did his own ultrasound and literally finished, called me into his office. And he's like, so you have endo throughout the entirety of your pelvic cavity and it's affecting literally every one of your internal organs. You need surgery as soon as possible. And that oh. been caught sooner. <laughs> this could and that's the like this could have been caught 10 years ago, a decade ago. And I am so, so, so lucky that I was able to get in quickly and that I didn't have to have a hysterectomy, which was like a miracle because he was pretty sure I was going to have to have one. And like the fact that emotional, but like the fact that literally the doctors that are there to help me, like with my, that area of my body were like, this is fine. And because they believed they were right, instead of believing that there was something actually going on and believing me, I almost lost my ability to have children. And that made me so angry because I know that is true for other people, that there's other people that they, they, they can't have kids now because they weren't listened to. And that is so angering and makes me, which is why I think this episode is so important. Um, so I'm, I feel very blessed and I'm very grateful that that did not happen. Um, the endo was everywhere, but it wasn't like deeply infiltrated. It was just inflaming and upsetting all of my organs, but um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's so, so, so important to self-advocate. And if someone, if you know that something is wrong and someone is not listening to you, go find somebody else. And again, I know that's easier said than done. And if you aren't able to find someone, like I know there are Facebook groups, right. For whatever you might be feeling and you can go and you can just ask like, are there doctors in this area that anyone has can recommend? I know that's, I'm at a one in, in Portland here and people ask questions about doctors all the time. Like who will actually listen to me? So there are resources online. Um, there's lots of chat rooms. There's, there's lots of groups that you can find. So don't feel like that. Don't feel disempowered. I know, I know it's easy to be disempowered, but just know that you aren't, that there's always a resource and worst comes to worst. Like, I mean, message us on Instagram. Like we may not have the answer. Or message Heather. <laughs> yeah. Oh, message yeah. Heather. Yeah. Message great her. idea. Message Heather. Her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um, but the point is like there, there are so many people experiencing what you are. And I think right now things are really beginning to shift where people, especially women are no longer settling for, yeah, that's normal. You just have to deal with it. Right. Now just self-medicate with wine and quaaludes. <laughs> like that's no longer okay anymore because we are being more embodied and um and because we are looking at things holistically and that's becoming more mainstream. 
And that's, that's only happening because we're finally taking a stand. So I'm, I'm, you know, I think this is so important to, to really be aware of, of your system. And that's really what this episode is, is about, you know, like we are focusing mostly on hormones, but, but really it's, it's just being aware of your body and knowing what is right for you and what doesn't feel good for you. You articulated that beautifully. <laughs> Thanks. I am she really, so good with... I am really jealous of how you were able to just do that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but that is, it's so true. And yeah, I'm so glad that you did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> She's very, I even texted her this morning. Like she is so eloquent with her words. It's just, Oh my goodness. So good. I get emotionally charged. And oh. I <laughs> I love it. I get emotionally charged too, but I go all in all different directions is my problem. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you you said you said it right there. It's all about just women um being self-advocates. And men. And men. And men. Yeah. And I feel like this is a very I feel like this is a particular problem though. This area of, of female health. Not, not that men don't have it either, but it's just, um, not being addressed and women are suffering because of it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's always been like brushed off as, Oh, you're hysterical or like, and especially as someone who is non-male presenting, right. So whether that's non-binary or female and also is of color, like I know there's so, so many stories of people just not being listened to. And so, you know, I know that, again, that's something that can be really, really challenging. And, and, you know, as someone who is, is, you know, white, white passing, it's something that I know I, I wasn't even listened to. And I have the privilege of, of, you know, appearing white. So that's another thing that I know can make things more challenging and just know that like, you're not alone and that what you feel and what you know to be true about yourself and your body is right and is true. And don't allow people to just shut you down and say that your pain either doesn't exist or isn't as bad as you think it is because it is. And no one should have to live in pain. No one should be uncomfortable. No one should be scared about what's going on in their bodies or not, not know what's going on in their bodies. And I want to mention too, like it has, um, you know, by trade, I, I do vitamin injections and, um, or my job is to do vitamin injections and whatnot. And I do help people with hormones, but not everybody can afford a naturopath or a vitamin injection. And so I do want to put, and my passion really is to help women who are having this experience, who are lost and are getting dismissed in the system. And, um, Oh. Well, um, before we dive into, and Jillian and I are both, we've both prepared crystals, obviously to this topic, but <laughs> as always, as always, since Heather's already mentioned it, um, I just want to mention, we're going to put in the show notes, the way to get in touch with Heather. Um, but mm-hmm. she does have a website, which is holistic She's on Instagram as Holistic Heather, Heather having three R's at the end. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Um, and then we will put in the show notes, um, your, your email address is probably in your website as well, correct? Yes. Along with my phone number. Okay, cool. 
We won't yeah. put it on the air, but if you need to get in touch with her, <laughs> yeah, she's open to it that way. I am. I'm open. Okay. And then Jillian, did you um, have some crystals you wanted to bring awareness to for this episode? Sure. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I'm always a little bit hesitant to, to, you know, I, I firmly believe in metaphysical properties, but I, I am always a little bit hesitant, especially when it comes to like physical ailments, right. To rep like this, like I am not a, this crystal will heal you. I'm, I've, I've never been that kind of a crystal crystal seller, but I do think that there are crystals that can be supportive of areas of our body, right. Or supportive of our own ability to be in tune with our body. So, so on that note, I think body awareness really being, um, having that, that knowledge of like, hmm, something's feeling a little, a little off right now. I think, uh, especially in this society where we're like, ignore your body, unless it's sexually appealing. And then it's for other people, not you, <laughs> my own, my own rants. Um, I think Garnet and Ruby are both, both crystals that are really fantastic. And for Garnet, um, specifically Almondine or, or Hassanite, um, which is like the orangey type of garnet. I think both garnets and rubies are really lovely. They, you know, they're often considered like sensual stones and like, yeah, that, that is, that is true. But I think they're also really lovely for being embodied, right? Releasing the shame of being a person, being a soul in a body and reconnecting. And I know I had a lot of physical dissociation because I was literally in constant pain. And Garnet was one of the ones that I used a lot to be, to really come back into synthesis with my physical form. Um, and so I think both of those were great for that. Um, I think I guess I should say, I know hormones are, are really, for hormones specifically, I think it really kind of depends on the area, the type, the hormone and the area that it's generally, you know, formed, right? So like estrogen, there's like, it comes from like generally the, you know, the ovaries and like the, that area of the body and like thyroid, like that's really throat chakra, right? So I think focusing on stones that you're drawn to that are from those areas of the body that might be out of, out of sync. So if you're having some hormonal issues, specifically like thyroid, then I think using throat chakra stones, like I have examples here, as always, if you're watching this on YouTube, like Laramar is really fantastic. Um, aquamarine is really great, right? Like there's the blue crystals is really what you're looking for. I've got chrysocolla here. Uh, and so I think really go for the crystals that you're gravitating towards that resonates with that area of the body. So for, um, I think cortisol, right. Is, is I think generally associated with like root chakra. So go with like the red crystals, right. We've got red Jasper, my little babies. Cause that's what I have next to me. Um, Ruby is another, like I said, this is Ruby. So Ruby is another great one. I think for, for that, um, red calcite, so, but in general, I would say red calcite and orange calcite are also really great to use for establishing healthy, 
habits. So especially if you're feeling a little bit of overwhelm and you're like, how do I handle all of this? Just starting really slowly and using orange and red calcite to not just like be more aware of your body, but also really supporting the habits that are going to help you have the most balanced body that is possible. Beautiful. Thank you. And it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful again. And let Thanks. me say too, like, yes, you're not going to stop like a uterine bleed with a crystal, but this is all right. part of the homeostasis. This is all part of it that is going to, um, help heal your body. It's all connected. So it's, it's very important, I believe. And again, just as Jillian said earlier, there's there to support you on your journey. Um, and then when it comes to formations, if this is your first time listening, I more deal in crystal formations. So they not how they typically how they naturally form. Sometimes I'll bring in polished formations. Um, but just as Jillian said, I'm the same way when it comes to Jillian, when it comes to health, um, but I do have crystals for, for support in different topics that we we discussed. So the crystal that I would recommend, I know a lot of us are, I don't have the time. I'm, mm. you know, I'm taking care of my husband, my kids, my job. That. I do not have yes. the time to sit down and figure out, thinking out, you know, what, what is wrong with me? You know, yes, I realize these things. I just don't have the time. So there's a crystal for you, a crystal formation <laughs> that I always re recommend. I call it the self-care crystal, even though it's called self-healed. And it's when a crystal has broken, however that happened, whether it typically happens in the earth, um, broken. And rather than just having a shard, you'll notice the crystal has a pattern and it can appear like crumpled paper, fingerprints. Sometimes it's in triangle formations. I have brought up self-healed crystals before, but what that crystal did is rather than just leaving it as a broken piece, it took the time to heal itself. So it's always our reminder to take the time for you. You are worth it. So that's the crystal that's going to help you put those other things aside and make yourself a priority because it is very important. Um, you can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the crystal formations to help us gain clarity on the things that might be inhibiting us. So as mm -hmm. we discuss, a lot of times it's things that we can be taking action on, whether it's, you know, diet, how we're eating, um, if we're getting enough sleep, all these types of things. So there's different crystal formations. I have three different ones. Um, I'm not going to go. I ended up doing five pages. I told Jillian prior to this episode, <laughs> I don't think I'm in how many formations. And then this morning it was wow. like, I, I talked to my higher self and I was like, bring in whatever you think. And so I'm not going to go all of the way <laughs> into five pages that will take forever. Um, but I'll I had a, lot. a couple one. Um, and if you aren't familiar with these formations, please reference my free encyclopedia online. It's going to be very helpful. Um, the first one is ally. And it's when a crystal pierces another crystal. So you've probably heard, if you're in the crystal community, of penetrator formation. This is when the enclosed portion of the piercing crystal is actually the sides rather than the tip or base. And it's really, there's mm. multiple aspects just as with every crystal. But one of the things it helps to do is to bring hidden things to light. So if you're having a hard time figuring out what it is that's inhibiting you in, in basically putting yourself first. Ally is going to help with that. There's also portal. Portal is one of my favorite formations. And it's when a crystal, basically there's crystals all the way around. And then there's like a little, almost like a peephole. And think of it like a, um, like binoculars. 
but without the glass. There's that in the crystal. And basically it's gonna help provide clear focus and clarity again on what is inhibiting us and either putting ourselves first or what are the things that are inhibiting us into making, having these healthy habits that in turn help our hormones regulate. Um, I'm gonna skip over a couple because <laughs> I have so many. Another one that um, when it comes to formations is inclusions. So inclusions mm -hmm. are when a crystal has another mineral held within the crystal. That Those are crystals that are really going to help heal things within ourselves. So when it came to Jillian's um, explanation of the different crystals that you could be using for different areas, if you have a quartz crystal that is including any of those minerals, quartz amplifies the properties of other crystals. So it's a really cool way to get a more potent version of the minerals that Jillian has already brought up. So it's kind of a fun little, a little twofer mm -hmm. there. Um, and then I think I'm just going to leave it at that because I have so many other ones on like depression or if you're dealing with, you know, sluggishness, but I just feel like I've talked a lot already. I think we're good. <laughs> can, I I mention, my book. <laughs> can I mention something really quick? Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar with Kundalini yoga? I've heard of it. Yes. I, I mean, okay. Like, I've done, I've like, there used to be a Kundalini place where I lived in LA so nearby and I went, I went a few times. It's really trippy. It's a totally different like yoga type of yoga. And, um, but it's, it's really great. Like it mixes, um, you know, meditation, breath work, uh, poses. And I, I kind of said, it's a lot of like, are you guys familiar with tapping or like EMDR? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of like ancient technology that's similar to that. So I would say like, um, how EMDR is to therapy, Kundalini yoga is, is like that version of yoga. So it's, it's more of like a tapping type reprogramming your brain. Having said that, I started training because when I went to a Kundalini class, I was, it's so different. I was like, what the heck are they doing? Like, I couldn't get into it. There were a lot, like all these chants and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's really, it's a really great form of yoga. If you want to like reboot your nervous system, it's almost like a recipe book. You can, they call them Kriyas where you can do a certain Kriya for basically whatever you want to accomplish. One of them being hormone balance, but a lot of other things as well. And I, have an episode on that. <laughs> I will be offering though, at some point I want to offer like a free kind of quick Kundalini workshop just to, uh, instruct, like inform people of what it is, what it is that they're doing, why they're chanting, what's the, the, um, kind of the science behind it, um, for, cause you can't walk into a Kundalini class and know what the heck's going on. It's total. It's so different. So I actually had that written down as a, like, how does enter as a, as an, as a bonus question, like, how do you, how do energetics play a role in our hormones? And I was like, Kundalini question. <laughs> so yeah, no, again, it's all connected all of them. And then oh. before we end, and we might edit this out, but I had this idea. <laughs> um, Rob's, mom, editing it out. <laughs> yeah. Rob's mom introduced me to this thing that this one girl did. I'm like, that is such a brilliant idea. And so I want to ask you, Heather, a question off the cuff. And yes. if this doesn't get published, it's fine. Okay. But oh. if you had the chance to tell something 
to millions of people, one message Mm -hmm. that you wanted to share with millions of people, just real quick of this, what would you share? You mean in relation to anything? Literally anything. Oh, literally anything that you, that you might be, you know, it could be as as simple as you're worth it. (laughs) Take the time to take care of you. You're worth it. But just, I feel like this is a platform where eventually we're going to grow and these episodes are going to be listened to for years to come. What manifest that? What (laughs) what message would you like to share? Okay. So my big thing is, uh, be you. Mm. be you don't let don't be the person that you think you should be I want to normalize weird I want to normalize anxiety I want to normalize everything because we all experience it we all experience it and it's just a matter of how much you pretend it certain things don't affect you Mm. and I really want Mm. which causes a lack of connection in in society and humanity and everything so be you that's what I would say. I love that. We all have issues. So true. Even this podcast. I was, so true. <laughs> I was nervous doing this podcast and I was like, oh gosh, you know, I hope I can. Cause sometimes like we probably saw it during this podcast, but my, my mind starts going and I can't get the words out. Right. And just by talking to people and being like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. Oh my God. I'm so, I would, I couldn't ever do that. I'm, I would be so anxious. Blah, blah, blah. So just like, just like embodying all the things about you, good or bad, and not being ashamed of it. And embracing by doing our that, humanity. Yeah. embracing our humanity. And by doing that, you really, you open up a space for other people to feel comfortable with that too. 100%. So that's my thing. Thank you for sharing, Heather. Thank you yeah, for being open to me. Just beautiful. putting in a random question. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being here, Heather. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. I hope it was insightful. Hopefully you learned something. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hope, hopefully you're not feeling too ashamed of drinking. Yeah, life. no, oh. gosh, by all means. And you know what? <laughs> I feel, I, I, honestly, you guys, the reason I was so... Uh, into that or excited about it is because I drink too much. So yes. I, I mean, I'm not saying I drink too much. I'm just saying that's one of the things that I am. One of my goals is yeah. yeah. Literally, I just stopped drinking. Um, I think I'm at thir- 29 days, 30 days because of me learning all that. So yeah, same peeps. We're on the same boat as you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. You. I'm not up on like a high horse saying don't yeah. ever drink. Right. Um, yeah. Just awareness. Yeah. I have a brain malformation, so it's, I get like the spins pretty quickly before I even like remotely get tipsy. So it's just, I don't drink that often because it's just not worth it. Yeah. It's It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, all right. Anyways. And on that fun note, (laughs) um, but we, you know, we really hope that this feels like an episode that, that you can walk away feeling a bit more empowered. You know, I think, I feel like that's like the word of the day, right? Empowered. Um, if you did enjoy this episode, please let us know by leaving a review. Uh, if you are interested, we have lots of other episodes that are health focused, like physical, like mental and emotional health focused, as well as just like all crystal all the time 
podcast episodes. Um, but if you like to give us a follow or would like to leave a review, we would greatly appreciate it. The more, the more people who give us ratings, the more people will hear us, which is nice. So that's, if you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate that. Uh, you can find us basic. I mean, you, if you're listening, you found us, but like <laughs> you can find us on Spotify, <laughs> Apple play, YouTube, and at crystallizingconversations.com. Uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram, please be sure to do so. I think we're also on TikTok now. Um, yeah. Iris has been doing some great work with that and we would really love to know your, your thoughts, your impressions. Do you have any stories where you had to self-advocate? You know, we'd really love to like share with the community how you were able to do it and you know you can be you can be an inspiration or if you've got stories in which you weren't listened to because i know that's something that can be really really painful and being able to share it with people who understand is important so um whatever your thoughts impressions uh, experiences we would we would love we would love to hear them and if you have any topics that you'd like to hear for future episodes let us know because we aim to please <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we hope yeah. you have a beautiful day. Thank you, Heather, for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for yeah, having thank me. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, mm -hmm. and we will see you next time, friends. Bye. This concludes another episode of Crystallizing Conversations. We are so grateful for every moment you spend with us, whether that's listening in or connecting with like-minded friends in the crystallizing community. To find out how to join, visit us at crystallizingconversations.com, where you can also explore our memberships, which gives you access to bonus episodes, astrological forecasts, behind-the-scenes content, live Q&As, meetups, and more. If this episode resonated with you, you can deepen your exploration through our embodiment journeys, ranging from mini courses to guided meditations to applied practices, all curated to support your embodiment and integration of each episode's topic. Remember, every time you choose to heal and grow, the collective heals and grows with you. Thank you for crystallizing with us.